Entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Been a great third down defense the last two weeks for Steelers. And they've got an interception. And a run back. All the way home. It's Belaine with the touchdown on the pick six. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. Mahomes drifting. Downfield. Intercepted. His first of the season, Jeff Heath. now in happy thursday to you tc martin with you a lot of football on the table today we will talk to scott spritzer we start handicapping week 13 of the nfl plus we got conference championship weekend that's right looking forward to that sec championship the big 10 the american with cincinnati Mm. A lot more happening this weekend as well, too. And, of course, we've got the Raiders and Washington coming your way Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. And the Pac-12 championship game coming your way Friday. That'll be happening about an hour after we are done at the Cosmopolitan, making our way over to Allegiant Stadium. It is Oregon. It is Utah. The rematch of a couple weeks ago. Looking forward to that. We'll be out there at Allegiant Stadium as the Ducks and the Utes. Not any playoff implications, but definitely big-time bowl implications. And, of course, a Pac-12 championship. So looking forward to that as the Pac-12 now has officially moved to Las Vegas on the football side at Allegiant Stadium, joining uh, the basketball side. You know, the Pac-12, I think we talked about this uh, last week that uh, they're moving their offices here as well too so we'll look forward to that the las vegas bowl is upon us really looking forward to that and join us today the executive director john sacente great friend love having john on especially this time of year when we get to conference championship weekend with college football the bowl games um, you know right upon us and then Sunday will be the final unveiling for the college football playoff rankings. We touched with our good friend Trevor Maddich from ESPN about that yesterday. And uh, we'll talk to Johnson Senny about that. And take a look at the Las Vegas Bowl, their new home, Allegiant Stadium, this season. Gotta love that. Las Vegas Bowl is a staple here in our city. 29 years. The very first Las Vegas Bowl, 1992. Huge moment for this bowl game, and uh, it will be on the biggest stage ever at Allegiant Stadium. It was nice when it was at Sam Boyd Stadium, and John Sassenti will be the first to tell you, and he said it on this show many, many times. Like, man, we love Sam Boyd Stadium. It was great for us you know, way back when, but they definitely outgrew it, and uh, good riddance to, to Sam Boyd Stadium for, for football of that magnitude. So we look forward to uh, talking to Johnson Cindy. He'll be uh, joining us at the top of next hour. And then also TJ Reeves will join us. Our good friend with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the broadcast side. The Bucks starting to play some good football. So we'll talk about their comfort behind victory last Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. And then, of course, uh, they play the Atlanta Falcons this week. So uh, Tom Brady time, right? We know how that is. Calendar flips to December. Get ready for January and maybe even February again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So T.J. Reeves will join us. Scott Spritzer will join us. As Like I said, we start handicapping Week 13 in the NFL and also the college uh, bowl game. So uh, love handicapping that uh, as well. Don't forget tomorrow back at the Cosmopolitan, our Friday home, uh, 2 to 4 p.m. tomorrow. So we look forward to uh, that. Uh, plus, again, Mike Pritchard will join us tomorrow. Love talking with Pritch. Get his uh, thoughts and insight and everything. Of course, our best bet segment and a whole lot more. Uh, before we dive into uh, the show today and we start talking about football, uh, again, I want to thank everyone who participated in our show yesterday, our tribute to Ballpark Frank Harnish. And, of course, uh, again, you know, Frank, people know here in Las Vegas how much he means to the radio landscape here. And uh, I, I was honored to... To put that show together yesterday uh, for our fallen friend who passed away last weekend uh, due to cancer, and as we know, you know Frank's, you know, been a great friend for the better part of the last five years with myself, 
A lot of other people have known him a lot longer than I have, and uh, I appreciate everybody who came on the show yesterday, uh, and and we did our tribute. Uh, You can go to the website and hear the 3 o'clock hour. It's up on the homepage at tcmartinshow.com. And if you missed the show live yesterday, uh, please listen, because it's not just the thoughts and the memories from people about Frank, but we were able to find some great sound bites and some audio clips, you know, during the last you know year and a half that Frank has been on this show with me, and uh, some great moments, some great funny moments as well too. So again, I appreciate everyone that participated yesterday, former colleagues, friends. And most importantly, our listeners. Uh, Your response has been tremendous. I appreciate everyone listening, uh, commenting, whether it was via Twitter, Facebook, social media, calling the show, or messaging me personally. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. And like I said yesterday, we couldn't get to everybody because a lot of people wanted to chime in and give their thoughts. So we are going to continue that today during this segment right now and hear from, uh, from a few more uh, people who were very close to Frank um, over the years as well, too. So, again, I want to thank everyone. I appreciate the love. Uh, a lot of of hard work and love went into putting that show together yesterday. And I got to uh, give kudos to my right-hand man here, Numchuck, uh, for the countless tireless hours that you spent, my friend. And I know you just got a chance to know Frank basically through me and this show but I know the bond that you guys had as well, too. So thank you very much for, for working the tireless hours and helping uh, you know, put that show together uh, yesterday. And again, listen to it if you can. Uh, that's going to be up uh, along with you know, my words that I put it there on the website uh, with the article as well. too. That's going to be up there all weekend. So you get a chance to do that. And we strongly encourage everyone to read and listen um, to that 3 o'clock hour yesterday. And also the entire show, uh, you know, the first hour we had Brian Blessing and Chris Wynn and Ken Thompson on giving their thoughts as well too. Trevor Maddich. Uh, but then the whole 3 o'clock hour was all about the phone calls and the sound bites that we got a chance to play yesterday with our good friend, Ballpark Frank. May he rest in peace. So at this point in time, um, open some phone lines, 221-7283. You have some thoughts that you'd like to say and talk about uh, with Ballpark, Frank. I uh, would love to hear from you uh, as, as well, too. And again, um, just hearing from a lot of former colleagues, cohorts, and, uh, and, and friends to share some Frank stories. Uh, let's start with uh, a guy that I've known for a long, long time, going back to my, my first stint here, going back to the 90s. And this guy, uh, he, he's outlasted me and everybody else. I mean, this guy has been in Vegas a long, long time, and he appears with Brian Blessing on his show uh, quite often, uh, a regular. And again, a regular staple as far as handicappers and, and radio guys here in Vegas, Andy Ishko. Andy, I appreciate you joining us today, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, TC. And yes, I oh gosh, I think I remember first meeting you back at KVEG Studios <laughs> in the early 1990s out there on uh, Pecos and uh, yes. in this part of town. Uh, so that's that's a long time ago. Not the longest one out here, but uh, there aren't that many uh, in the radio. Uh, well, actually, radio does have a lot of people have been here. In fact, one of the guys I was going to talk about has been here even longer than I have, and that's Seat Williams. Yeah. And I think you and I were talking uh, earlier today, and uh, I think you mentioned that a listener called in yesterday to bring it up but didn't get on the air, and I just mentioned it uh, without even knowing about uh, that story. I, I went back and found out it was in 2003. Seat Williams and Ballpark Frank had a boxing match over at the Orleans Arena. I think it was in July of 2003. I don't remember what started, uh, what, what led into, what incident led, or discussion led into the boxing match, but I remember it received a lot of hype leading into the match. I don't recall who won. I did go back and check my pictures, and I did see Ballpark at the end with his both of his arms raised <laughs> over his head. Now, I don't know if that meant he won or if he was just exhausted and was about to say no mas, but uh, he looked uh, uh, very much as far as a, as a champion fighter. So more importantly, Andy, do you remember what the line was that night? Now, was Ballpark Frank the favorite over seat? I, you know, I don't remember. 
remember, I think the informal line did have seat the uh, uh, the slight favorite, uh, being in a little, let's be kind and say a little bit better uh, condition at the time. There you go. Now, with that, at that point in time, let's see, because again, I was gone. I was here ninety two to to ninety nine, and then I came back. You know, in twenty fifteen. At that point in time, you know, when I came back, I saw both those guys again. And as you know, we used to do the Stardust line. You and I, myself, with Seat and Dave Koken, Scott Sprites, or all those guys, and would have a great time. But I, I bet during that point in time that you're describing, Andy, I think both of those guys would be in the super heavyweight division, don't you think? Uh, I would say it would be close. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll say uh, I, 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 it's hard to say light heavyweight because right. the word light doesn't really come to mind. So uh, maybe maybe welterweight because I think a lot of people, uh, including myself, can't figure out what welter means. Thank you. You know what? That That's great. And uh, a listener did call yesterday and want to talk about that. And it's funny. I don't think... You know, Frank and I ever talked about that, but I, you know, maybe listeners or some of our uh, our other longtime, uh, you know, guests who've been around here, maybe they can, uh, you know, recall that. But uh, great memory with that, Andy. Uh, real quick, some thoughts about Frank. I know you've known him a long time. Um, give me your thoughts. I, as I recall, I got introduced to Frank through uh, uh, Larry Grossman, who did radio here in Las Vegas for a long time. You can bet on it. I think it was one of the – that and the Stardust line were probably some of the earliest long-running betting, sports betting shows on radio. So uh, back in the early 1990s, and uh, he, uh, Larry, uh, Frank, and I would occasionally get together a couple times a year, maybe to have some lunch together or a dinner or something. And uh, Frank was very well-versed in a lot of different subjects. We always had a lot of fun, whether it be politics, whether it be music, whether it be local sports, whether it be just events of the day. Uh, Frank had a, a, had a great deal of knowledge and certainly a, a great opinion. Uh, the word that I used to describe Frank the other day, and I've seen other people use the word, Frank was a genuine guy. Uh, what you got was, was unfiltered. He told you how he felt, but never in a mean-spirited way. He was always, he, he was, I think it really said, he was passionate every time he spoke about whatever the subject was, uh, that he, he let his feelings out there, and uh, you, could, uh, you, you could know that he was being genuine and honest with you, whether, whether he agreed with your point of view or disagreed with your, your point of view or uh, just happened to bring the subject up on his own and uh, uh, just a lot of good memories of, of, of the time spent with Frank just talking about things outside uh, the world of sports in addition to of course uh, uh, the sports and, and the teams that he loved, the Chicago, Ohio State, etc. Right, exactly. Alright, great stuff Andy. The logical approach been around a long time and of course a long time writer for, for gaming today as, as well too and, and Andy's still doing it, still handicapping it at a high level here uh, you sound great my friend and when I got a chance to see you at, at one of the uh, the watch parties it, it was great uh, there with Brian Blessing and stuff and so uh, I'm glad we got a chance to, to connect and, and talk and I want to have you on uh, much more often my friend, it's been a long time too long. I'll look, I'll look forward to it TC, glad you're doing so well and I've enjoyed listening to your show uh, uh, after Afternoons permitting. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. There he is, Andy Esco. Uh, long time, legendary handicapper here in Las Vegas. Uh, and again, l- used to love uh, and still do. You know his uh, his newsletter and the, the logical approach and and Andy's handicapping. Uh, love it. Um, again, stalwart here in Las Vegas. Another guy who was a very good friend of Frank's, uh, who he thought the world of, too. You know, Frank spent uh, a lot of time at the Aviators games, especially, you know, the last couple seasons because the Aviators, you know, new ballpark there in Summerlin was in walking distance from Frank's house. And uh, he used to love going out there. And uh, he was a big supporter, like we all are, of the Las Vegas Aviators, our good friend Don Logan and Jim Gemma, who joins us now. And uh, Jim, how you doing, my friend? TC, uh, hope all is well. Uh, sorry to speak with you under these uh, circumstances, but I did have a great smile. And uh, I, I remember the boxing match between Seat and Ballpark. I figured you when Andy was telling me about it, I go, wait, I bet Jim has got the inside scoop on this one. Well, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, if you talk to Seed, he he embellishes everything. So I really, <laughs> right. I really don't know what happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, I yeah. I again, I wasn't here back. Uh, you know, that was when I was you know in Green Bay at that point in time. But uh, and I and I don't know, ever really remember Frank talking uh, about that. But uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, Jim. You know, Frank loved coming out. You know, 
whether it was this going way back when, I mean, to the stars and the, the so many of the renditions that has happened here in minor league baseball and especially, you know, the new ballpark there in, in Summerlin as well, too. Um, and, and, and he loved he he loved going out there, and he loved you. You have always been good to to him and, and all of us media guys as well, too. And I just can't thank you enough, my friend. Oh, no, I really appreciate the kind words. And, uh, you know, Ballpark Frank goes all the way back to the cash and field days with the Stars and the 51s. Uh, I know I texted him in early October, you know, wished him the best. And uh, that's really the last time, I, you know, I heard from him. And I was just really sorry. You know, I was following it. But it really puts everything in uh, perspective. Sometimes we have days where, oh gosh, this is going, you know, and this uh, puts everything in uh, perspective for sure. Mm. So, you know, a lot of us have uh, been able to go to the ballpark, there, whether it's Cashman Field or the Las Vegas ballpark there in Summerlin, Jim, and throw out, you know, a ceremonial first pitch. Uh, do you recall Frank doing that? And, and I want to know, I mean, how was it? I mean, how was his fastball? Yeah, obviously Lotus. Uh, I know we're talking on another station, but you know the, totally the games fine. are on. Yeah. yeah, the games are on there, and uh, we've had a lot of their personalities in the past years throughout first pitches at Cashman. Obviously, uh, that didn't transpire much the first two years of the ballpark due to COVID. But yeah, he definitely threw out first pitch at Cashman, and I know he he loved coming out to the ballpark here, and he always uh, had a hop in his step when the when the Cubs were playing here for Big League Weekend, and yep. I was happy that he had an opportunity to get. Uh, radio time with uh, the National Hockey League, you know, the first major league team here, because I know he's a big Blackhawks fan. So I was real happy for him that he had that pre- and post-game show. Yeah, you got it. All right, Jim, I appreciate you spending some time with us today and some thoughts and some memories. And, again, uh, continued uh, success uh, with, with the Aviators. You do a fantastic job. Love seeing you around town. It doesn't matter where it's at, at Allegiant Stadium or Mandalay Bay. And I know you're a big Las Vegas Aces fan, and I really appreciate your support uh, for the Aces and, and myself as well too i mean uh, you, you've been a great friend and a, and a great contributor here uh and you helped all of us here in the media here in las vegas no i appreciate it I'm, I, of course i'm a huge aces fan WNBA. i go way back to my days when i worked with the women's basketball yep. team at, with the lady rebels but uh yeah john maxwell and the folks at the aces are great and uh, uh they, the WNBA is a great product thank you jim take care my friend and we'll look forward to some baseball here uh hopefully very very soon and, you know, hopefully we, we do get some baseball. We know we've got a Major League Baseball lockout right now, but uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed, right? Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, the, the industry, they'll get this thing rolling. And uh, the good part about the minor leagues, it's going uninterrupted as far as operations. Uh, you know, hypothetically, you know, the minor leagues will, will have a season. But uh, with uh, the industry involved, we, we need Major League Baseball to, to, to be playing. So You got that right. All right, my friend. Uh, great stuff. Uh, tell uh, Don Logan hello for me. And uh, thank you very much, Jim. And we'll see you really, really soon. Thanks for having me on. Take care, TC. Thank you. All right, Jim Gemma. Long time, you know, PR <sighs> stalwart there. Uh, with the Las Vegas Aviators, and again, been around a long time, going back to Cashman Field, and of course, the ballpark there at Summerlin. Alan Snell, Las Vegas Sports Biz. I mean, he wrote a fantastic piece on Frank a couple nights ago. You can catch it out at lvsportsbiz.com. I appreciate Alan for reaching out to to me to give some thoughts on that, but, uh, you know, Alan would always, uh, you know, visit with Frank, especially during uh, the hockey season as well, too, uh, you know, during the podcast uh, that, that he has. And uh, Alan joins us now. Alan, what's going on, my man? TC, thank you so much for doing this. Yesterday's show was fantastic. You know, when you hear Frank's voice on some of the segments, you, you get a little sad, but then you also smile and laugh, too. You know, that's the thing. I think we're all going through that, so. Thanks so much for what you're doing, TC. Uh, thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. And you know, you know, to that point, when we were putting that together yesterday, we were sitting here, Numchuck and I were talking about, like, you know, the, it it feels kind of strange or, or weird, you know, hearing, you know, you know, Frank on there, and then you know, we found, um, you know, one day where he was filling in for me, and we decided to put that clip to end the show yesterday where Frank is is signing off. And I know some people may think that's a little eerie, but then we were sitting there and we just said, you know what, we 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 love hearing Frank's voice and we're, you know, we're doing this as a tribute to him. And I think the response was, you know, resoundingly like, hey, that was really cool, you know, hearing Frank, even though we know that he is no longer with us. But to be able to 
to put a smile on her face, like you said, and then to hear some of those funny bits and those witty one-liners that he always had. Uh, you know, I think it was pr- pretty, pretty therapeutic. Uh, at least it, it was yeah, for you me. Know, um, I agree. And you know, since I report on the business and marketing side of the sports industry, Frank had a really unique position in this market because, you know, with with the advent of this, you know, big time major league sports coming to Las Vegas. Look, we have to be uh, honest. Sometimes things get a little on the Hollywood side, over the top. You know, everything is very scripted. Everything is like very is done not to offend demographic groups and what have you. And then you have an old school guy like Frank, who really, you know, as as everyone has mentioned, as one hundred percent authentic, unpretentious, as genuine as you're going to get. And he kind of grounded us and. I kind of disliked his – he had just no airs about him. And i got to tell you, I first met um, Frank early on with the Vegas Golden Knights. We both showed up to the press box very early. I found it was a great place to do writing before things started to get kind of uh, filled up and loud there. And who was there also? Good old Frank Harnish. And when I saw Frank, I was wondering, who is this burly-looking dude walking in with this, like – a uh, little um, hand, this portable bag on wheels. He'd be wheeling in with the Ohio State football letterman jacket. Remember that kind of varsity jacket he used to wear? Yep. <laughs> yep. With the long hair. And he, he was kind of a unique character. We used to kind of schmooze a little about the Golden Knights. But then I got to know him really well, I thought, a year ago, about a year and a half, when uh, he got laid off from the radio station. And I wanted to do a much deeper story on someone, get beyond just someone who got laid off, and try to flesh out the real person behind the numbers of the layoffs. And I went to Frank Harnish. And i got to tell you, um, I thought the best way was to basically meet him in his condo, see what this person was like. And as, as everyone has mentioned, <laughs> Frank does not mince words. And the beauty of Frank is that he could kind of talk about different topics, but in a really nice way. And as you mentioned, you know, we, we ended up doing some podcasts about the Golden Knights because they were playing, you know, in the bubble in Edmonton during the whole summer. And, you know, you kind of have a couple podcast chats about what's going on. And people should really understand that beyond just, you know, the sports and he did everything at the radio station, we used to talk and he used to, end our sessions by saying, you know what? Treat each other with, with some respect. PC, you know, everyone's complaining and there's still like tension and turmoil about wearing the masks and the protocols and you go to games and some places you have to wear them and some places you don't. There's still a lot of tension publicly, but we used to end our conversations on the podcast, TC, with Frank saying, you know what? We're all in this Treat each other with some respect, show some peacefulness, and that was kind of and that was frank. And I think we can't lose sight of that beyond the sports, beyond you know all the uh, you know big time games and stuff. We're talking about a guy who just lived his life the way he wanted to, and he lived his life with a sense of peace, not in his life, but also in the people all around him as well. Exactly. And uh, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, he's go- he's going to be really missed. Um, you know, he's, he's every industry and every business, every office has a Frank Harnish. He's kind of the old, the old school guy that just keeps everyone grounded, and you know, don't get too big for your britches. And he's just, you know, Frank is Frank. And I get back to the main point about how even when you're still sad, you just hear his voice, and you can't, you can't help but smile and laugh. Right about Frank Harnish, you know, and that's that's the beauty of the man, you know. Yep, you you nailed it, Alan, uh, perfectly. And you nailed it in your article. Go check it out at lvsportsbiz.com. Alan Snell did a fantastic job, and, uh, and just to your point, even though he was battling cancer and what he was going through, still 
you know, he said, don't feel sorry for me. He said this to me repeatedly and, and other people as well, too. He goes, go live your life. I can't go out to the game tonight, but but you guys go. Don't worry about it, you know, and, and don't worry about me. I'm going to be fine. But just, you know, continue to be you, live your life, and, and don't feel sad for me. And that's the kind of guy he was. He was a big-hearted fun-loving guy that really cared a lot, I mean a lot, about other people. I'm really glad you made that point, TC, because sometimes people find it very difficult to talk about cancer, especially to people going through it. They don't know what to say, the awkwardness. Because of Frank's personality, he just cut right to the chase. There's such a selflessness to the guy that you can just talk about what's going on in his life, and he he would just, as you know, the last time I saw Frank was I think probably maybe we'd all kind of sit together. I think your <laughs> your press box spot was near mine. I think at ULV college, at the UNLV college football games, and I think Frank maybe went to one of those games. And you know, with Frank, you know, it was a really difficult situation. Um, you know, I think one of your quotes in my story was really very telling, and that was, you know, Frank's going to live his life. I mean, Frank is just going to live the, his life the way he wants to see it, and. You know, when, you know, and like you said, when he was going through the treatment, going through the chemo, um, I think it was one week on, one week off, he was, like, very blunt about it and, and just kind of talking the way he would do about, you know, who's playing the, you know, who's at the U.S. Open in the final and, you know, the VGK goalie situation, this and that. And he would just talk with almost the same tone as he would, you know, about his chemo. Yes. And, he, and, and you're right, he kind of diffused on the awkwardness of it. And that's Frank. He's always thinking about you. Don't feel, you know, tense or awkward about talking about a crappy topic, you know? Mm-hmm. Alan, I appreciate the time today. Great thoughts, my friend. And again, great job on your article, lvsportsbiz.com. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Thanks, my friend, and I uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend. Thanks so much, TC. Thanks for all you're doing, man. Much appreciated. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate you. All right. Uh, Brian Salmon. Our good friend, our regular, uh, had a nice piece last night on Frank uh, that appeared, part of the sportscast on uh, News 3. B. Sal, appreciate you taking some time today and joining us. What is happening, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well, TC, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, and really, man, appreciate what you did doing for your friend, man. I mean, everybody's friend. Frank was a, a dude that everyone loved, man. And uh, your show yesterday was great. Today, Kevin Allen and... And Jim Gemma on, and Al Bernstein yesterday, and and Stitch. I mean, uh, Phil Esposito, the guys that are, Esposito, the guys that I heard. Um, great show, man. I, I that's really wonderful for you to do. Thanks, uh, I appreciate it, B. Sal. And again, this is you know, I knew that that people wanted to express their, you know, their thoughts for Frank. Plain and simple. And again, uh, the guy's done so much, you know, for not only this this market from a radio perspective, but just for people in general. And uh, it's it's just the right thing to do, plain and simple. And people love the guy. And uh, and, and, I, and it's therapeutic for myself as well, too, to, to hear everyone else talk about stories and people that even knew him longer than I've known him. So uh, that, that's what I enjoy about it. But uh, I, And I know you're one of those guys, too, that um, you, know, you got a chance to spend some time with him, you know, not uh, – a, a long time over, over the years, but uh, you know we, we're all at games together. We're all hanging out. We're at events. We're at functions. Uh, what stood out to you about Frank? One of the big things that stood out to me is that uh, Frank was a, a guy. Well, I met him when I was here. You know, between two thousand six, two thousand ten. So right. I I met him then. Didn't really know him all that well. And then when I came back, I got to talk to him and just realized how cool the dude he was, man. When, you know, at the beginning of the Golden Knights season, when their inaugural season, just talking with him. The biggest thing about Frank to me, in this industry that is filled with people that have the biggest egos ever, he seemed like the, like the, the least uh, egotistical person that is on radio, on television, writing news, whatever, in the media here in Las Vegas, man. I mean, you just so unassuming. You know, whether or not he was doing the, the um the flagship show for the Vegas Golden Knights, which is the hottest ticket in Las Vegas, or he's doing your show, or he's, you know, whatever. He was the same dude, man, just so, so egoless and, and humble. 
and just a nice guy, man. You know, his choice of music wasn't all that great, but he was a good dude, <laughs> man. And, and I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> love to give him a hard time yeah. about that, man. Frank was a good dude, man. Well, when we sit here and, and talk about uh, you know the old school jams, I mean, he would just be looking at us like, Okay, I don't know what the heck you guys are talking about, but uh, but but he found a way to throw a one liner in there, didn't he? And and have us cracking up. <laughs> he, he really did. He really did, man. I mean, that was uh, his his brilliance of being on the air. And I just and I remember also when I learned that you two hooked up and were you know hosting the show together. I was like, wow, that's a that's a good combination, man. Two guys are again. But I think it's just cool is is all get up, man, together doing a show. Um, yeah, man, it is it, always my pleasure to come on and talk with you, even to come in studio when he was there. I mean, it was uh, good times, man. I'm I'm really sad. Uh, you know, I was really sad to hear what happened. I learned about it on Instagram from another person, a guy named Ron Frazier. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, but sure. He's yeah. A, you know, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. And Ron had a picture with him. You know, Ron's a, a guy that worked with Randy Couture and all kind of UFC champions. And to have him put that out, I was like, good. And that's when I text you. So I'm like, goodness gracious. Just think of that's like how many people Frank touched around Las Vegas. You know what I mean? From all different aspects of media and sports. And just a, a good dude, man. Really good dude. All right, B-Sal, we appreciate you spending a few minutes uh, with us today and, and give us some thoughts, and I know that we'll, we'll see you around uh, this weekend. We've got Pac-12 Championship, we've got Raiders, and of course, you know, we'll, ha- we'll have you on next week as well. But uh, appreciate your thoughts today. Uh, always great, man. And uh, like I said, we, we shared a lot of great times uh, with, with Frank here in the studio and you either in studio or on the phone. So I, I'm really glad you got a chance to, uh, to participate in our tribute, my friend. Hey, it was absolutely, I couldn't mean this any more sincerely. It was absolutely my pleasure. Mm. Absolutely my pleasure, man. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad that I got an opportunity and had the opportunity to do something last night to honor Frank as much as I could, man. And even though I'm not as close to him as you, you know, as you were. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on, TC. I appreciate it, my man. You got it. Be Sal. And again, uh, can, can, uh, can listeners and viewers see your piece that you did last night? Is that up anywhere? Uh, when I get to work today, I'm going to see if I can put it somewhere. And I, I may, and when I get it, um, I'll tweet it out to you. I'll put it Perfect. out on social media Perfect. so you can, you can check Great. it out. Thank you, brother. All right, be All good, right. man. And we'll, right. we'll look forward to seeing you this God. weekend. Take care. You got it, brother. All right, buddy. Brian Salmon over at News 3. All right, another one of our local media is Heidi Fang. And, you know, Heidi not only does a fantastic job with her covering of the combat sports and the Raiders. But, you know, she's a regular on this show and has been for, for a while. And there was always a bond between Heidi and Frank, not just from the media perspective, but a friendship perspective. Uh, their families were very, very close to each other. And uh, Heidi couldn't be with us on the show yesterday or today because she's out of town. Um, so she's enjoying some, some downtime, uh, with family, but she was really kind of bummed out that she couldn't be on and participate in the tribute yesterday or today. So she sent us an audio clip and she wants, wanted us to play this. And we're going to do that now as we head into the break. And when we come back, we will visit with TJ Reeves. We will talk NFL Week 13, and we'll start looking ahead at the College Conference Championship games coming up this weekend as well, too, including the Las Vegas Bowl and Johnson Cindy will join us next hour. But as we go to the break, here is a very close friend of ours, specifically Ballpark Franks, Heidi Fang, talking to us about her favorite friend. This is for you, Frank. I don't think you would have wanted people to be upset and saddened by your passing, but as part of the community that we all are a part of, as a face that I would see all the time at events, as somebody who constantly showed their support for me, uh, I miss you, man, and you were always a pleasure to be around. My son really loved you, mostly because when we would have barbecues, you would uh, give him all the balloons. 
I'm going to miss seeing you while I'm facing the cartel playing cornhole. I'm going to miss you when I come on this show and I don't hear your voice asking me a question. I'm going to miss walking around the hockey games and not seeing you there. Or MMA or boxing. You were everywhere, man. Aces. Thank you for being a good friend to me and my family. We'll miss you, Frank. I hope they have ballpark Frank on their waves wherever you are, man. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. T.C. Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. Don't forget, tomorrow we will be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, our Friday home. Yes! Mm-hmm, that's what I said. Earth, Wind, and Fire here last month. I missed them. Was so busy. Game after game after game. There's six shows here. I missed every one of them. I'm still bummed about that. That's not like I haven't seen it before. <laughs> Cosmopolitan tomorrow between 2 and 4 p.m. Mike Pritchard will join us. The former wide receiver. So uh, look forward to Pritch joining us. Always fun with him. My former colleague, uh, Marco D'Angelo, will also join us tomorrow. Look forward to that. And, of course, Double B, our best bet segment. Somebody was 3-0 in the NFL last week. You know who that was, right? Yeah. That's right. Yours, yours truly. But you know who was even better than me? The last two weeks, Marco D'Angelo, he's been on fire. 11-1, going back to the last three times he's been on with us so that's what we do here dish out winners and yeah but before anybody asks me okay tell the entire crew yes you have to pick three college games this weekend i understand it's a very abbreviated schedule but they're all big games so yes crew you can find three college games there you have it so, yeah. Come on by. Join us tomorrow at Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Looking forward to that. And then right after that, we're going right over to Allegiant Stadium for the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon and Utah coming your way at Allegiant Stadium. And then, of course, we've got the Raiders in Washington on Sunday. Let's talk a little NFL football. Our good friend T.J. Reeves in Tampa Bay. What is going on, my man? Always great to be with the doctor on many different occasions. I know you are still sizzling with all of the picks because you've been part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. You had a little hiatus uh, for this week. I'm looking forward to having you back. Um, So keep up the good work with everything you're doing with your best bets there on Friday. And let me say at the outset of the conversation that you have done a fantastic job with the tributes to Ballpark Frank, to Frank Harnish, um, and, and even though I only got to interact with him through your show and got to meet him when we were obviously out there in Las Vegas, the outpouring that I have seen from everywhere tells you all that you need to know about Frank. And it echoes everything that you were saying on the show both Tuesday and yesterday. So um, it really, it, it, it hurts. It stinks that he's not around but I think it is neat in another way to have this many people talking about how great he was to them and what a great attitude he had. We can all, we can all learn something from that, from Frank, out of all of this. So I just thought I would say verbal bouquet to the doctor here for, for all of this because I know you, uh, you were very good to him uh, when he found out he was no longer going to have a gig. And uh, and that says something for you as well, my friend. So there we go. Thanks, TJ. I appreciate that. But you know, really, I wanted to t- you know make the entire focus uh, about Frank because it is about Frank and and everything. He he deserved uh, to be back on the air, and uh, I was I was more than happy uh, to have him. I was ecstatic to have him, and again, you know, loved being on the air with him when we were together at our previous location. Kept you in line. Kept you in line on a regular basis. Kept me in line. Somebody's got to smack you every now and then, and I'm not there to do it. Numchuck's got the glass between you and he, so Frank had to do it. That's what had to happen. That's true. But uh, just, yeah, great great compliment uh, to the show. So thank you very much, my friend. Uh, Speaking of a compliment, I got to compliment your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I was on them uh, last week. 
And a lot of people looked at me like I had three heads. Like, what are you doing? I mean, the, the Colts are on fire. Are you kidding me now? Uh, Carson Wentz is back. I said, just slow your roll a little bit. I said, Tampa Bay is going to, you know, come in here and take care of business. A little bit of slow to begin with, but they got the job done. Win and cover. 38-31 last week. I want, uh, Describe how that was for you because that's not a venue where you get a chance to go to very often. Uh, you know the the Bucks don't don't play the Colts uh, hardly at all. But uh, how was that? Describe what it was like. Uh, you know, being in the dome there last week with the sunshine coming in at the beginning part of the game. A lot of people don't realize that. But what you got the glass up there, and I've been. Uh, there before. I've not been inside to a game, but I've been outside and know the area very well there. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm curious uh, how it was broadcasting. Okay, so there was a lot that went into last week that relates to 52 weeks ago at this time. So as you mentioned, first of all, in Indianapolis, they generally don't see the sun between November and March. It's it's usually dark, gloomy, cold, nasty. This is why everybody comes to Florida, comes to Arizona, comes to the Vegas desert for, to, to see the sun. So that was a bit unusual. It was cold, even by Indianapolis standards. It was wind chill in the, in the mid-20s Sunday morning. Now, it did warm up to about 40 degrees, so luckily we were inside for that part of it. Here's what I can relate, and I I have done games in there before. I've been in there for the Final Four uh, previously as well. uh, When Duke captured the Final Four, beating Wisconsin after Wisconsin had beaten Kentucky in the unbeaten season. Kentucky was 38-0. Wisconsin beat them in the semifinals. That was the 2015 Final Four. So it was crazy in that building. So a year ago, in the COVID-19 crazy season with the Big Ten delaying things, and then eventually playing the championship game, they played the championship game in that facility. The Indianapolis health officials, the Indiana State health officials, were going to allow up to 12,000 people or so to come in for the championship game. But the Big Ten said no, and the Big Ten had fewer than 1,000 total people there, friends, family of the players, and that was it. Like cheerleaders, no bands, cheerleaders, Friends and family, so it was bizarre. It was quiet. We're doing the game up in the press box. There's no one there. They're piping in crowd noise. Okay, so fast forward to last weekend where they were at full volume about a half hour before that game. Everybody's in their seat. They're all clad in blue. They're going berserk. So it was definitely different in that regard. Uh, And it's going to be wild on Saturday night for them to have the Michigan and the Iowa fans there going full blast after a game 52 weeks ago where no one was there. There was no atmosphere, so it was definitely strange. And uh, the Colts had been playing very well. They had won five out of six. The Bucks got off to another slow start, but the second half they, they kicked it in, got some turnovers. Leonard Fournette uh, played well, and, and they found a way to win a game against a really good team, and now it sets up for a very favorable end of the season for the Buccaneers. Yeah, Bucks right now 8-3. and three. Uh, here we go, and you know I said earlier on during the show that you know once that calendar flips uh, to December, especially if you're Tom Brady, it's like okay, it's it's serious time, it's go time, and of course you know it's always serious time with Tom Brady. We get that, but let's turn back the clock a little bit too. And I know it was it was Brady's first season with the Bucks. Uh, the record wasn't nearly as good at this point in time. What does this season feel like at this point right now? compared to last year at this time? They were chasing the Saints at this time last year, and at this time last year they had lost the three games in November to New Orleans, to the Rams on Monday night, and to the Chiefs. If you remember, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards and a backflip for a touchdown in the first quarter of the game, in the first quarter of the game. All of that happened in November last year for three losses. They went on a bye week. They came off the bye week the second week in December, and they never lost again. They won the final four regular season games, won the three road playoff games, and then won the Super Bowl. Right now, you're in command in the division, so it's different. You're 8-3. and three. You basically have the chance to put the division away Sunday. It's not mathematical, but if you win this game Sunday, you're three clear of everybody and potentially four clear of everybody with six games to go. Brady and the Buccaneers aren't giving that lead up. So it'll be interesting tonight if the Saints don't do anything and lose again to the Dallas Cowboys and then the Bucs win on Sunday. The division race is basically over. So that's what's at stake here, a chance to be 9-3. and three. And really now you're jockeying with the Rams, the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys 
for who ends up in the three, the two, or the one spot uh, up at the top. Uh, and the one spot is the only one that gets the bye. So that becomes your focus if you can get this win on Sunday. All right, TJ Reeves joins us, the Bucks sideline reporter. We're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're rolling right now 8-3. and three. Of course, you talk about the Bucks. Everyone wants to talk about Tom Brady. And, you know, he's still a guy that some people still like to say, well, you know, the age factor, it's creeping up. We're seeing more interceptions this season. Tell me what you're seeing, you know, with Brady. And it's so easy, and I hate it. You know, people want to use the, the age card all the time. Well, you know, he starts throwing picks or he starts you know, taking more sacks. Well, he's old. He should he should wrap it up. I want to know in a really objective uh, you know, position that you can be in, what do you see Tom Brady here the last few weeks of the season? I mean, is it the Brady that we saw last year? Is there uh, something that's different that's, uh, you know, um, what's going on with him in your opinion? I think he's still got it. I think there have been a couple of interceptions here in recent games, but there still have been some laser beams and some big-time passes. Uh, It's good to have Rob Gronkowski back. He clearly trusts that guy uh, going down the field as as like a security blanket. He had six catches last week, his second-ever 100-yard game as a Buccaneer. So with Gronk back, I think there's a bigger trust factor and comfort factor. And this team has got so many weapons uh, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to go along with Gronk, and now Scotty Miller, the speedster, the little uh, wide receiver that burned the Packers at the end of the first half of the NFC Championship game. He can be a deep threat as well. And now you got Fournette as a pass-catching back, kind of like a couple of people have compared him to Kevin Falk uh, in the old Patriots uh, passing game offense. I think Fournette's a little better runner than Kevin Falk was. Kevin Falk maybe a little bit better receiver. Interesting, they both played at LSU. But uh, he was playoff Lenny last year, Lombardi Lenny, and now I'm saying he's Turkey Lenny. He's Thanksgiving Lenny after the four touchdowns in Indianapolis. If they, if they still get productivity like that out of Leonard Fournette, so many weapons right now. And Brady has held up physically. So for now, as we head down the stretch one of the regular season, he can make the throws. And I think the Bucks are going to be in good shape. And again, a very favorable schedule starting this week. Because of the final six games, only one with the Buffalo Bills is a team with a winning record. The other five, the team starting with Atlanta, has a losing record when the Bucks are ready to play them. So let's see if the Buccaneers can take advantage of that favorable schedule. All right, Saints and the Cowboys tonight. Uh, Sean Sean Payton hasn't lost four games in a row, but people want to make a big deal out of that. But the bottom line is, this is not the same Saints team. I understand there's injuries. Kamara has... Has been out, uh, you know, questionable, you know, for tonight. But then you know, you throw Trevor Simeon in the mix. I mean, he's zero four now. It looks like Taysom Mills finally going to get a start. Probably should have, you know, made that move earlier. But I understand he's been injured as well too. He's not a hundred percent. This Saints thing is it going to get turned around, or are we at the point right now? with this team, that it's it's just a write-off, plain and simple. And then let's go to the flip side. The opponent tonight, the Cowboys, coming off that miserable, embarrassing performance against the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day. Not only did they lose the game on their home turf, but committing the ridiculous amount of penalties, the 14 penalties for 166 yards. Yeah, the Cowboys clearly need this one because they are in – the playoff chase, they're leading the East. They, they want uh, playoff seeding-wise and to stay in the hunt for the NFC number one seed to get this win. I believe what you said at the beginning of the question. I think that the Saints are in the middle of a slide. They don't want to acknowledge it. Their fans don't want to acknowledge it. You may see them slide badly for the rest of this because, again, Michael Thomas is not a name you mentioned there, but he hasn't played the whole year with a leg injury. Um, they're going to miss – uh, Marcus Davenport, their outstanding pass rusher again tonight. Doesn't look like Kamara is able to play again tonight. Uh, they have another receiver, Deontay Harris, who's suspended for an offseason DUI. The league suspended him for three games. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback situation. Taysom Hill's had a concussion and a knee injury. I don't know how long he's the quarterback tonight. I think he starts the game, but if this is bad, they may go back to Trevor Simeon and try to see if he can salvage something it's kind of an experiment where I'm sure Sean Payton's been working with this, uh, you know, trying to figure it out here. 
um, and see if, if the changeup can do something in terms of like the read options, some design runs, some misdirection stuff with Taysom Hill. But if that goes south, it wouldn't surprise me if Trevor Simeon's back in the game, especially like in the second half of a close game. Uh, because at this point, New Orleans is trying anything. They're desperate. So we'll see. Uh, you know, there, there is a school of thought here, and you know this because you've been around a long time. You don't want your team to be lukewarm. You either want them to be really good and be a playoff team, or you want them to be really bad and improve the draft status and the draft pick status. So right now, if the Saints don't win tonight and that's five straight losses, it is obvious. It's as obvious as a neon billboard. They're going nowhere. So do you really want to win two or three games at the very end here and ruin your draft situation if you're in the top ten, if not the top five? It's amazing to say that about the Saints, but we may be about to be there. You got it. All right, he is T.J. Reeves, and he will be uh, with the Bucks against Atlanta coming up this weekend. And those uh, lowly Falcons and the Bucks really in the driver's seat at 8-3 and three right now. And like you said, just you know, one tough opponent coming up on the schedule, those Buffalo Bills. So, all right, enjoy uh, the game on Sunday, T.J. Appreciate you. And, of course, his Three Dog Thursday podcast. Go check yes. that out. I will be back next week, my friend. That's right. Had to take a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, but yep. I, I will be back uh, to defend my belt. The doctor next week. is eleven. You were quoting numbers for your best bets. The doctor is eleven and two, picking NFL underdogs on Three Dog Thursday. So we can't wait to have you back on that. I need a quick read because I'm headed to the ATL where Georgia and Alabama are playing in the SEC title game. And no, I do not have a ticket yet, but I may end up with a ticket. The doctor's not there in Atlanta to help me get a ticket, or I'd have a ticket. I don't have a ticket yet. Do I smell that the doctor might be on a little Alabama underdogage for the SEC title game, or do I have to wait for best bets tomorrow no, on the show at the Cosmopolitan? No, I'll give you a little taste of that. Uh, you know, I, w- I was hoping the number would be a little bit more than that, but that's okay. Alabama's getting six and a half, but yes, uh, I definitely are already on the teaser pleaser uh, variety uh, with that. But yes, uh, again, this is still Alabama. Alabama is six and zero oh in the Mercedes uh, Benz Dome, and uh, they do seem to have Georgia's number. I understand that you know there was different players, that sort of thing, but Georgia still hasn't faced an opponent like Alabama, and I know a lot of people are a little sour on the Tide right now, but yes, uh, I think the Tide could be a live dog in this one. It is Alabama, remember. And I can already hear Eli Gold talking about <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide. Down Alabama. Uh, by the way, on the stats, Alabama has only been an underdog twice in the last decade. That's incredible. And both times it has been in the SEC title game to the Florida Gators. Yep. So that, I mean, that's amazing. They're going on now like eight years. They haven't been an underdog against anybody, including in the college football playoff when they've lost to Clemson or whatever. They haven't been an underdog. I'm looking so this, forward to uh, it. This will be fascinating. Looking forward to it. One o'clock uh, coming up on Saturday. Take care, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Always good to be with you. You guys be well in the desert. There he is, T.J. Reeves. All right, we come back on the other side. John Sassenti, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. I love having John on. We'll have some fun with that. Scott Spritzer will handicap some winners at the bottom of next hour, so don't you dare go anywhere. The Stones, another one of Ballpark Frank's favorites. Our message, we do miss you.